0: Are you kidding me? Dharma, I swear to God, there's something inside. Alright, then show me. Let me see your pet monster.
1: (laughs) Dude, don't you see what this means? We can use this, this is power. What?
0: Nobody's ever gonna mess with us again. Are you crazy? Think about it. It's not murder, it's payback. Dharma, what's inside that shed? Get in.
1: What's going on, man? How's it going, man? Good, good. Jeff in Vegas. How you doing?
0: Uh, I'm JJ. Nice to meet you, Jeff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me too. <clears throat> Where's Frank at? i'm Not sure. He should be here in just a second.
1: Let's see, if you did this on the set, be late. I bet he would scold you if you were late on the set, right? Oh, he
0: yeah, absolutely would. <laughs> I mean, there there was one day I was sleeping in because we were working so late that I was worried. Oh
1: no, really? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah,
0: I remember I was getting calls like minutes before I was supposed to get in the car, and they were like, "Where are you?" And I was like, "I'm so sorry. I just <laughs> give me give me two minutes."
1: That's funny. That's crazy. Well, man, this thing's gone viral. I mean, everybody's talking about the shed. Yeah. I mean, sh- Shutter's just kicking ass. You know, during the COVID, anyway. Yeah. you know from all these movies you know but just like every time there's a movie that comes out it's just people are going crazy for it i mean everyone's asking me about the shed you know
0: the shutter is going to be such a great home for the shed like i'm so yeah. excited that we got it on this platform finally because it was on amazon prime for a long time uh oh, we, that long,
1: probably yeah yeah like
0: 2018 or whatever it was but so it's been a little while but now it's got shutter so so i'm stoked
1: awesome
0: but, yeah yeah no i'm glad you like it i'm glad you're
1: oh it's, it's killer, killer it is literally i think frank's here frank you here
0: what's going on yeah i think i am <laughs> the voice welcome to the party i can't I think, hold on
1: i think you had video on the bottom left there there oh, he is hey Great. what's going on frank
2: fix my eyebrows you look good anytime i'm on camera with uh jj next to me i feel so ugly he's
1: a... <laughs> i should have got right. my hat i got one too i got a bunch of those
2: nice <laughs> how's it going
1: it's going great thanks for joining me today both of you this is this is a total thrill i really enjoyed the film and like i was just telling jj everybody's been asking me about it so i've been talking to shutter to get you guys together uh so thanks yeah so let's start you know a hunter gets bitten by a vampire runs into a shed to avoid the sunlight soon discovered by a teenager frank this sounds like a country version of fright night
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, a lot of people have said that actually yeah um Yeah, I like the, I'm totally cool with the Fright Night comparison for sure. It was certainly one of the influences on the film um, in terms of the, you know, teen boy versus vampire one way or another. Um, So yeah, that's pretty, pretty on point.
1: And JJ, tell me how you got the part of Stan and did you do anything to get Frank's attention?
0: Not, not, nothing crazy. Um, I think there were three scenes I taped from LA. He was over on the East coast. Um, a lot of the guys that they got were from New York or around New York, um, but I was like one of the only LA people. But I sent in a tape, and I, I thought it was solid. And Frank seemed to like it. And then Peter and them just no, no interview or anything. I think you just called me, and you were like, "Yeah, let's do it."
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I feel like I got super lucky with the casting because pretty much every uh, JJ, Cody, Sophia, and Chris Petrovsky, who plays Marble. Uh, They were all my first choices as soon as I saw them. So I saw JJ's tape early and I was like, oh, that's the dude. But then we did like we did our casting anyway because, you know, somebody might come along that's better. But no, I went right back to JJ. It was pretty easy choice.
1: And, you know, Stan had a Walkman. So I assume this this story takes place in the 80s. I, I wasn't really sure what time frame this movie was in.
2: Well, basically, the way I was thinking about it, I I wrote it with a sort of you know, '80s mindset, um, but I wanted it. I didn't want the I didn't want the time frame to be like distracting. I wasn't aiming for like nostalgia porn. So I looked at it like if I can introduce this world in a sense of it's it certainly looks like the '80s and feels like the '80s, but. It's It could be today, and maybe JJ just has a Walkman. You know, maybe Stan just has a Walkman. So I kind of wanted to have it have those analog vibes because I think it lends itself to the the themes of neglect one way or another. Um, But if somebody is uncertain of exactly what year it is, that's awesome for me.
1: And JJ, you know, you play a troubled teen on probation. The bodies are piling up. What's Stan's plan, man?
0: (laughs) Well, Stan's, uh, he, he figures it out. I'm not sure if he has too much of a plan. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, I mean, the circumstances are absolutely absurd, absolutely insane. So you just, you play it as real and as grounded as possible, you know.
2: I, th- I think Stan's lack of a plan is what gets Stan into trouble, <laughs> you know. By the time he makes a plan, everybody's dead.
1: <laughs> and Frank, I noticed the grandfather had dog tags around his dirty wife beater tank top. Was that kind of a nod to veterans or what was that?
2: Uh, I don't know, I just, uh, when when I, when I, my father was a veteran, and I don't want you to think that he was like grandpa at all, because he wasn't, uh, I just, uh, I, I felt like generally, uh, to indicate the concept of like one generation versus another, in my mind, when I was writing grandpa, he was like a World War II veteran, which would put us in the 80s, um, and to me, it's just the sort of idea of of that World War II generation, looking at the let's call them the generation X uh, kids as like sort of lazy and it was that tough love and that sort of like very hardened approach to uh, you know, discipline and stuff. So for me it was just getting that sort of rigid character uh, to, to help, you know, inform Stan's character, you know, so we know where Stan is coming from getting that, that tough love kind of pisses you off and fucks you up, you know?
1: And JJ, Stan has to deal with bullies, and I had bullies in in middle school and junior high. It was just the worst. So I, I don't know if uh, Frank had he's kind of venting after all these years. But did you have any bullies? And I love I love the solution your best friend in the movie has for the bullies. But I was rooting for I was rooting for that solution without giving any spoilers here.
0: Yeah. So I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, most people experience some form of bullying. Um, I'm not sure. Frank was too boyed. Frank seems like a pretty tough guy, but like speaking on you know Tan's act. Tan's toughness and and his ability to deal with that type of thing, you know he he keeps his cool. He's got his own his own plan. He's got his own issues. He's got to deal with at home. Huh? So yeah. so the boying is very secondary.
1: And Frank finding the right makeup and look for the vampire. I think it looked a little Nosferatu. I mean, is that what you're that you were going for that kind of uh, the
2: the the ancient vampire in the beginning. I was basically looking for kind of a mix of Nosferatu and uh and Barlow from you know Mr. Barlow from uh uh Toby Hooper's uh made for TV Salem's Lot. Um if you read the book Salem's Lot, Barlow looks nothing like that. He's actually more of a Count Dracula type vampire. Um but I just love that sort of um grotesque, you know, creaturesque vampire. I love that the, the the one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because that's what you yeah. just
1: get, the final sequence when you know the vampires are in the house and all, you you just mm-hmm. really accentuate the blues, the lights, and all of that. So it just kind of amplifies that. So that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, a lot of my uh, for some reason, if you ever watch any of my other films, like features or shorts, I just for me horror movies at night are blue. I just, <laughs> it just feels right to me. Yeah, you know? so Yeah,
1: I like it. Yeah and JJ Sophia you know who plays Roxy guys had great chemistry and and Frank did you notice that right away cuz yeah
2: they no. had never met prior to shooting but uh i think once we got the whole gang together uh all of them had awesome chemistry and JJ and Sophia had great chemistry we we just had such a great crew that everybody vibed well and i think i think JJ and Sophia connected well and it shows up on screen but
0: jj you can speak to that oh yeah everyone everyone was great sophia's a pro i mean like we didn't you know we could have showed up the day of and still done it the same way because she just shows up so prepared so yeah. so it was it was just so easy working with everyone cody, cody was amazing too i mean chris everyone everyone was amazing but cody also you know like cody shines in this film like he is he is really just this genius take on dahmer you know so
1: and the the main bully, he looked like he was right out of Christine, you know, Buddy Repperton. Was that you know that shaggy hair, just like punk ass guy, man. Yeah. I hated that guy. He was a good actor, but you know, no, no, I like works. I'm glad what he got, you know. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, for both of you, I cannot say her name, but Fallon Hogan, who plays the sheriff, I've she seen watched. her. Yeah, I've seen her as a character actress for years, and she was fantastic. I mean, thought she was great casting.
2: Yeah, she was awesome. Uh, so funny story. Uh, the sheriff was not written as a woman. Uh, the sheriff was written as a man. And uh, Peter, our producer, Peter Block, maybe like a week or two, mm, let's say three weeks before shooting. He was like, hey, what if we had a woman sheriff? And I was like, no way, man, you can't change what I wrote and this that, and the other thing. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I'm like, that's actually a great idea. And it's gonna make it a little more unique. And then when we, when we knew we could get uh, Siobhan involved and in seeing her take on it, I was like, that is so much better than like another boring, tough guy sheriff. You know what I mean? Well, uh, so I got, I gotta honestly give Peter the credit with that one.
1: But we needed the deputy because she went, she was missing too long. Not to pl- yeah. you know, punch holes, but I thought he was gonna show up and get his just as her too, because they seem really tight. It was a small town. The story went on well into the night. And I thought, Hey, that's like two cock town. Where's she at? Where's the sheriff?
2: There there was another great scene with, uh, uh, who played, uh, who played the deputy. And, uh, we, we ended up cutting the scene. So you don't really, he doesn't get killed, but he did have another sort of monumental moment that was relevant to the story, but we ended up cutting that scene, uh, we were running long, and I wasn't really happy with some aspects of how the scene was shot. So we opted to remove the scene. Unfortunately, for fans of Mushaka, who did an, who did an awesome job as the deputy as well. It's
1: cool. Yeah, he was he was the tough guy too. And, yeah. and tell me about was there a specific look sitting behind me of the shed itself, or is that a real shed, or you know, in movies they build well, we,
2: everything? We this we, we cool. built we built that baby. <laughs> um, and interesting fact: the uh, the outer planks of the shed those are um uh uh, planks from a from an abandoned church the floor of the church is a hundred year old church floor planks that our production designer i don't know how she got them i don't want to know how she got them
1: dude your film's cursed what are you talking about what are you doing (laughs) yeah exactly
0: (laughs) that's too
2: creepy. um yeah so it added like a cool creepy element to it so we built it you know we had sketches and we had concept art for it and they and they put it together
1: I think that's what's really a winning element of The Shed is that it's simplicity. You don't have many locations. You don't, have, it's just all in one area, you know, to build upon. I think that's what really helps the film work too. Thanks. And uh, getting Frank Whaley. I mean, that was just, at first I'm like, I, I was like, is that Frank Whaley? And then, you know, so how, how did you get end up getting him in the movie?
2: Uh, that also was a result of Peter. We were, we were, you know, we were casting and we were looking for somebody that would be sort of recognizable, but not, uh, you know, that would completely like overshadow everything. You know what I'm saying? And Frank actually lives in the Syracuse area. So we shot in Syracuse. Uh, so it worked out well. Peter was able to connect with him and his people and he was interested in doing the project and we had him on and it was cool.
1: Well, guys, congratulations, man. This was an awesome film, and it was just what we needed, you know, a nice, simple, kind of horrific vampire film. And my final thoughts here is that there's a great sketch on Saturday Night Live uh, with Will Ferrell. It's called Get Off the Shed. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, I don't know. I know. know It's it's just really weird. You got to Google it. But he said there there was his first sketch when he appeared on Saturday Night Live, and he's doing a little barbecue and he's yelling at the kids to get off the shed and it just builds and builds and builds. So I'm not awesome. going to get Thank off the shed. Man. I'm going to tell people to watch the shed. So <laughs> Good, you should. <laughs> yeah. I will, absolutely. And guys, thanks so much for talking to me today and come visit us in Las Vegas when you have a chance, man. We'd love to have you.
2: I I've never been to Vegas and I would love to come out to Vegas.
1: Come out. Uh, we'll go have a drink. We'll talk some more and uh, you Sounds too, Jeff. You're both For party. sure.
0: Thanks, Jeff. Absolutely. I'm not too far, so I might drive over there. Awesome. Yeah, he's <laughs> in LA. He can get there quicker.